Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. This week's stirring message comes from Senior Associate Pastor, Dr. Eli Morris. Uh, At the end of the sermon last week, we had just left the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. This week, we find ourselves in the next city along the way, Babel. Now, much had had to happen to to get us there. Uh, One brother killed another brother. You're safe. I'm I'm not going (laughs) to. The world went crazy, so God rebooted the whole thing with a flood. Of course, Noah rides out the flood with his family, which takes us to Genesis 11, beginning in verse 1. And it, 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 it tells an incredible story. So who? Who were involved in this, in this, uh, in this uh, story? At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language, used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. All right, so who are these people? I'll call them the people of the reboot. The people of the reboot. The world had gotten so messed up after the garden, that God made the decision to grab the only family he saw as faithful and preserve them. And he used a a boat and he used a flood to to accomplish the task. And, And the people who populated the earth in our passage tonight were the descendants of the reboot. They all spoke the same language. They all lived in the same place. So, so where were they exactly? Well, where were they? They were east of Eden. They remained in what we would call the Fertile Crescent. We talked about that last week. And most likely in Babylon, in the, in the modern country of Iraq, south of what is now Baghdad. So, what is the point of this passage? What's, what's the what in this passage? Well, they built a great tower. Genesis 11, beginning in verse 4 from the message. It says, then they said, come let us build ourselves ourselves a city and a tower that reaches heaven. Let's make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. See, the, the people of earth had learned a new technology, the making of bricks held together with, with a tar mortar. Using bricks instead of rocks, they could build a much, much larger structure. They believed they could build a tower that, 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 that would reach to the heavens. For what reason? Maybe, maybe to prove that there was not even a God up there watching over them after all. Well, pretty ambitious plan, if you, if you ask me, with some pretty impressive results, right? Okay, I watched the History Channel. I watched the shallow shows like Pawn Stars and American Pickers. Those are dad shows right there, quite frankly. Uh, there is also a series called The Food That Built America. It's typically about the epic battles for supremacy in hot dogs or ice cream or pizza. Well, last week, I watched an episode on the American passion for backyard grilling. 
Yeah, how pitiful is that? So um, it, it featured Henry Ford. Now, we all know that Henry Ford built cars. But here's something you probably don't know about him. One summer weekend, uh, he was out camping with, with one of his best friends. And uh, they were trying to make a fire so they could cook this random beast that they had killed. And they couldn't get the fire going. The, the wood was too green, and any wood that they, they, they found that wasn't too green was soaking wet from an overnight rainstorm. And the friend that Ford was with was the man who was in charge of the portion of the Ford plant that only dealt with wooden parts for the cars. The Model T, for example, was a combination of, of wood and metal, so there was a lot of wood in those cars. And, 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 and Henry Ford was bemoaning the high cost of grinding down the wood scraps so they could be disposed of. So Mr. Ford's friend came up with a brilliant way to turn those scraps into charcoal for backyard grills. His name was Edward Kingsford. <laughs> right? And today the company named after him, Kingsford Charcoal, converts more than a million tons of wood waste into charcoal briquettes every year. Now that was an ambitious and innovative project with very, very impressive results. Not unlike the plan in Genesis 11. The building of this tremendous tower, a tower like, like none other you've ever seen. Have you ever been to the, to the arch in, uh, in St. Louis? Uh, here's a picture. Yeah, there's a, there's a picture of the arch. If you can get the, I, I, I took that from down below looking up. It's really unbelievable. And, and you don't realize how tall it is until you stand under it. Of course, in my lifetime, the structures that I think of are the World Trade Center Towers in New York. Now, that was my first album cover right there. <laughs> what, were we, what were we doing? We're, we're on the ferry? We're on the Staten Island ferry because we're so cheap. You know, Staten Island ferry didn't cost anything. So you can, just, you can ride it all day if you want to. But you can, you'll, you can get a picture of yourself doing that. So the what was the building of a tower. Here's the why. Why? To glorify themselves and to forge their own destiny. So the Tower of Babel was ambitious. It was designed to invade God's space. And in doing so, it would have two impressive results. It would elevate the esteem of the builders, and it would allow everyone to remain right there on the, in the same spot, to remain in that city. They would, they would uh, build this thing, and, and, and feel like they had done something that no one had ever done, which would have been true. It was going to be, they were going to be unified by this one great achievement. They had, they had one language, and, language and the, the plan was to gather everybody to live in the same place to accomplish great, great things. They did not want to be scattered. They needed everybody to come together, speak the same language, and work together. So, so what's wrong with building a tower? Is there something wrong with man's power of creativity? Of course not. Of course there's nothing wrong with, with creativity. God is the creator, the great creator of all things. And since we are made in the image of God and we've been given his likeness, 
that it's only natural that we should have the urge to create, to build, to change our environment. The problem was, and still is, that they weren't just making a name for themselves, they were saying something about God. In elevating themselves, they would be lowering God. They were going to build a structure that in their minds would allow them to walk straight into his living room. This past week, a friend of mine went over to another friend's house to pick her up. She drove up and she walked down the driveway. When she got uh, around the driveway, she saw there was a big picture, used to be a big picture window, and she saw that they had taken it out and put a door there, which she thought was a great idea. But she walked around to the to the back where she knew the garage door was, knocked on the door when nobody answered. Uh, she walked in the kitchen uh, looking, looking for her friend, and she had no luck. But she did notice that, that, that she had also made some changes in there, brand new wallpaper. And about this, this, this moment, this young lady walks in, in the kitchen, and, and uh, my friend says, what have you done here? It looks so different. And the lady said, can I help you? She said, is Debbie here? She says, no, Debbie here. <laughs> then, then my friend looks at her and says, this is going to be between me and you. Right? And this girl who was like in college, she gives it one of these, you know, like, I got you. My friend had walked into the wrong house all the way in, all the way in. The people of Babel were trying to walk all the way in. To God's house, which this is starting to feel a little bit like Eden, right? The serpent told Eve that if she ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that, quote, her eyes would be opened and she would be like God, knowing good and evil. So, what happened next? God said, nope. He said, nope. It did not coordinate with God's master plan. And I love how he handled it. I love how he handled it in Genesis 11:5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. That joker visited the factory. Fred Smith is a legend in Memphis. And part of his legend is that he has been known to visit the hub in the middle of the night. To, to, to see what's going on and to encourage people and to look them in the eye. While the people are working feverishly to build a structure to heaven, God comes down to see them. So, so why, the, why the nope? First of all, I think God was put out with the arrogance of it all. I think he was very put out by that. But secondly, the, the Babel plan ran contrary to his plan. Because he had said in Genesis 1, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. The earth would never be filled or subdued if they stayed south of Baghdad. That was never his plan. So here's, here's what God did. Genesis 11, beginning verse 5. God came down, looked over the city, the tower those people had built. God took one look and said, 
one people, one language. Why is this only a first step? No telling what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. Come. We'll go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them from there all over the world and they had to quit building the city. That's how it came to be called Babel because God there, because there God turned their language into Babel. From there God scattered them all over the world. That's a fascinating story. I think it's a great story. But it needs to be more than a story. What can we learn? What can we learn? Three quick things and we're gone. First is this. Celebrate God's gifts. Celebrate God's gifts. There is never a reason not to celebrate the gifts that God has given people. I, I, I have two friends who had very serious surgical procedures this last week. All week, I have celebrated the gifts that God has given to the doctors. On a, on, on a much more minor note, I, I grilled out last week, and after I watched that History Channel thing, I celebrated Edward Kingsford <laughs> as I poured out my charcoal. This, this passage in James 1 is one that I've always loved. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. Celebrate God's gifts, but never assume we are greater than the gifts God has given us. Never assume that we are greater than the gifts God has given us. Never grow arrogant. I mean, our tallest tower, as high as the heavens, makes us full of pride. And although we've really accomplished something, we think we have, but our tall tower is such a small thing to God. I mean, it's really, it's really silly to him, right? First Chronicles 29, 11, this puts God in perspective. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wow. Celebrate God's gifts. Never assume we are greater than the gifts God has given us. And then one more. It is God who determines our destiny. It is God who determines our destiny. The reboot people in Genesis 11 had it all figured out. They were going to create a grand city in this eye-catching tower. And they were going to settle into that city forever. And then one day they couldn't understand what the next guy was saying. On the day of Pentecost, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit poured out and the, the 120 in the upper room began to speak in other tongues, Luke tells us that there were crowds of people in Jerusalem who had come from many places. And they heard the apostles declare the gospel. And they heard it in their own language. The day of Pentecost was God's way of reversing what happened at the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was one of man's greatest rebellions against God's authority. Humankind 
intended to make their own doorway into the realms of heaven. You know, it's funny, but after the flood in Genesis 8, you know what Noah did? He built an altar. Genesis 8, 20 says this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds. He sacrificed bird offerings on it. Then in Genesis 11, our, our text for tonight, Noah built an altar. These people built a tower. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Noah built an altar. The people built a tower. And then in Genesis 12, it says that Abram built an altar. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. What do you plan to do with your life? You're going to build a tower that challenges God? Or are you going to build an altar to worship God? When you ask that question of yourself, it needs to be altered every time, every single time. Are you working on a tower to bring glory to yourself? Are you working on an altar that worships the creator God who's created us all? Babel is an interesting place. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you for these powerful stories that remind us of your glory and re reminds us of our frailty, frankly, our fragility. Father, I, I, I pray that we might be people that understand that it is an altar that we should build with our lives, that you are far greater, far wiser, far stronger, and that we can't begin to compare to you. May we work hard. May we be inventive. May we create things that are new. Father, may we never forget the Creator, the one who has changed our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openheisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.